and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. This is WTOC Sports Director Jake Wallace alongside Lindsey Goff. We are getting ready for an all-playoff edition of the End Zone tonight on WTOC during the news at 11. 11.20 will kick things off, and we are going to fly through the state playoffs, bring you action from all across the state. It's an exciting night. The weather is what it is. We'll Frightful. Leave it. Yeah, there it is. Like the song. <laughs> but... I think it's going to be a really exciting night of, of high school football. And, of course, we have the the game of the night, the game of the, of the week for the second time this mm-hmm. year, Calvary Day at Savannah Christian. Yeah, I got to go to the first version of that. And uh, they were both kind of scoring at will, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And it came down to the wire, Savannah Christian able to take the first go-round of this game, so I think Calvary's certainly looking for a little revenge there. Pretty evenly matched game, and both talented teams. Yeah, it was a 43-36 Savannah Christian win, um, like you mentioned, Calvary. Had a chance to, to tie it at the end and, and weren't able to do so. Spoke with um, Calvary head coach Mark Stroud earlier this week, and he said that looking back on that game, there were three or four plays he felt like that were key that they hurt themselves on and if they can do not do that this time it feels like they have just as good a shot of winning as anyone now these two have been rivals for a long time they've played each other for a long time they do not like each other when they're on the field together it's the second time they've met twice in a season Mm -hmm. it happened uh in 2016 and calvary swept that time savannah christian looking for the sweep tonight uh, Colby Quinney, the senior offensive and defensive lineman for the Raiders, said that uh, he still remembers getting beat by Calvary twice back in 2016. He was a freshman on that team. And uh, so he said, I hope to wipe the bad taste out of my mouth tonight. Um, in these kind of games, Lindsay, you're not going to be surprised by either. Everybody knows what's, right. what's coming. You, you tweak things a little bit, but but that's it. And I almost think when you've already played them and you've gotten a taste of it, it's a fine line between knowing what to expect and, like, psyching yourself out. And so it's a fine line that the coaches have to walk. And we see that sometimes in March Madness. I know it's not the same. But um, when a team will play each other in the regular season and meet again in the tournament, it's a fine line coaches have to walk to have their players ready and prepared but not – overthinking it and you can't think that just because you beat them once you're going to do it again and you can't think that you can't hang on to the loss too much either you got to look at this game and worry about what's happening right now and you kind of hinted at it with an evenly matched team and especially a rivalry a few small mistakes can cost you the game and Calvary hinted at that yeah, and you know, when a lot of times it's not the first time you've ever seen two teams play each other after playing each other earlier in the year. Right. But because of the way Class A is so much different than the rest of the classes with the power ratings, generally when you see these playoff kind of rematches, it's from a game very early in the season, a non-region game that was played in in August right. or early the September. Right. Teams have time to change. These teams played a month ago. Right. There's, you know, <laughs> they are who they are. They are the fully formed version of themselves. Um, a month ago, and they're going to be that tonight. And so I'm interested to see just how these teams, you know, what little tweaks do they make? It's not going to be anything majorly different, but you're going to show some looks that you showed and try to kind of play off those and find a different way to attack 
from you know a similar mindset right you know you look at at baker woodward the head coach of savannah christian he's a calvary day alum now two and oh against his alma mater calvary had some you know they got blown out by country day uh in they've the, had a tough the next next go around a few year. weeks ago yeah but they've got plenty of talent they've got you know, a lot of kids that have played a lot of football. Thomas Carver, their quarterback, 12th in the state of Georgia in passing yards at over 2,400. So I wouldn't be surprised that this is another offensive shootout where mm-hmm. these teams kind of go back and forth, and and it's going to be a couple plays here and there that are really going to decide this game. And, of course, the, the big thing coming out of this game is the winner stays in Savannah. Survive in advance. To go to Country Day next week, and then we get another rivalry showdown in the second round. That's true. So it, it's going to be a, a great atmosphere out at Pooler tonight. Coach Woodward saying he expects 3,500 to 4,000 people. It's actually going to be cooler in yeah. Pooler tonight. It, it, it's going to be Bundle cooler. up. It's going to be cooler everywhere. <laughs> um and so that, that game is going to lead off our, our end zone show tonight, and this time it really does mean a whole lot. It's It just means more. It's always fun to see rivalries, and it's always fun to see rivalries uh, in the playoffs because right. you know that those games really mean a little extra. It's more than bragging rights. Yeah. But that's a bonus. Exactly. <laughs> a couple other games. I mean, there's a ton of games around the area tonight. Obviously, everybody kicking off uh, the state playoffs in the state of Georgia. We had two games in South Carolina last night. May River wins and uh, Wade Hampton loses. A couple games that we're going to be looking for tonight. Vidalia at Jefferson County. Uh, the Indians traveling to Louisville to take on the Warriors. These are two really good teams. 15 combined wins between them. Two longtime coaches. Um, used to be in a region together, not anymore. But uh, that's going to be a really good All game. All the makings of a good game. Yeah, a sneaky good game over um, from Louisville. We'll have that one tonight. Windsor Forest at Cook. They're going down to Adel, baby. That's what they call it down there. Um, <laughs> Windsor Forest obviously bumped up from the four seed to the three seed after the beach investigations. Right. Or after the beach sanctions, excuse me. And now... Instead of playing a Crisp County team that won that Region 1 and is a really good team, a team that could you know be a state quarterfinalist, they go to play a Cook team that is good but has struggled offensively this year. They haven't scored 35 points in a single game this year. Windsor Forest has to like their chances going on the road, even despite a loss to Islands last week of the mm-hmm. year that they feel like they can come back home with a victory. And what a whirlwind they've kind of had. You know, the beach sanctions didn't just affect beach. It kind of had implications around the city. And so you think you're playing one team, and then lo and behold, you're playing somebody else. Yeah, so we'll see how the Knights do against the Hornets down in Adele off I-75. And then in South Carolina, we get Beaufort, who if you had told anybody, you know, three or four weeks into the season that they'd be one win from – the state quarterfinals. What a they, story. They would have told you that you were crazy. They host a Hartsville team tonight. This, these Red Foxes have won four games in a row. They're coming in red hot and are, are a really good football team. And so this is going to be a test for Buford that has dealt with nothing but success the last half year, half of the season. Um, the Eagles got a bye last week. We'll see if that helps or hurts them uh, tonight at home. Whatever they're doing, it seems to be working. 
Yeah, you know, we talked to Bryce Librand a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and he mentioned just how they they kept the faith, they kept believing in what they were doing. They had to make the uh, an offensive change after uh, the quarterback injury they had, and now you look at what's going on there, and everything's going well. Will it continue tonight? That that remains to be seen. This right. is a really good Hartsville team coming to town, um, and so a win for Buford tonight, I think, would would certainly solidify that the direction that program's going. Absolutely. So one team that is at home tonight for the first time in 16 years for a playoff game, the Metter Tigers. They're hosting wow. Screven County at the Jungle. Uh, we're going to have that game for you tonight. Won the region title in the very last moments of last week. Got a win over Jeff Davis and then uh, Swainsboro losing to Toombs County. Got to speak with Metter head coach Rodney Garvin today to just get his insight on what that last week was like, what his team has done so well, and what he thinks of tonight's playoff matchup against the Gamecocks of Screven County. Here's Rodney Garvin. Coach, congratulations on a region title, the the first since 2003 for the Metter Tigers, the first home playoff game tonight since 2003. Tell me about last Friday. You need a win and you need some help from Swainsboro. What was kind of the final moments of the game, and then kind of finding out about the Swainsboro score. What was that like? Well, it was wild, Jay. We, uh, we had the lead. We, uh, we, uh, we, we made a mistake, and, uh, and it cost us. We threw a pick six. They ran it about 94 yards for a score. Uh, Jeff Davis runs a muddle huddle really quick after a score. We only had 10 men on the field. I had to call the time, which was the absolute best thing that could have happened. <laughs> because they rethought the process and decided to go ahead and kick the field goal, and they had a bad snap. And the good Lord shined on us, and we were up 7-6, and then late in the fourth, they they put a little drive together and scored. We go 12-7. Um, we start moving the ball, and we had a chop-blocking penalty called on us, which they called all night long. And, and uh, Anyhow, we had a third long. And we ran a hook and lateral that we practice every day and completed it down the sideline, got a first down, ended up punching it in, going for two, getting it going up 15-12, and they put a little drive together right at the mm-hmm. end, got it to midfield, and we knocked the ball down on fourth and short to uh, secure the win. And everybody was just ecstatic, all the fans, community, everybody's on the field waiting. And we knew we had secured the number two spot by, by beating Jeff Davis. And then our PA announcer, you know, we just kind of waiting it out, <laughs> wrenching our hands, and everybody's praying. And uh, PA announcer announced the tombs had beaten Swainsboro, which uh, gave us the region title. So it was a it was a night I'll never forget for sure. It was a party in Metter at the Jungle. It sounds like yes. This has been a community that's wanted this for a long time. Only this is the third playoff appearance since two thousand three. What has it been like seeing? These people come out and get behind this team and and really believe that this team has a chance to have a really special year. It has been cool to watch. Um, I've never looked behind me, Jake, when I'm on the field, but I can hear my wife. She has a cowbell (laughs) since day one. And I hear it back there clanging. And we had several fourth down and short stops last Friday night against Jeff Davis, and it just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I never really look behind me. I'm just 
tunnel vision in front of me. But when the game was over and we shook hands and I turned and looked, there was just a mass of people. And and they are hungry to win over here. And thank God we've been able to win this season because, you know, we had a winning season last year. You know, my year one over here, we had a winning season. Everybody was happy. But it's a difference now. They're really behind us, and they're believing in these kids and the coaches, and and it's just cool. It's just cool to be a part of it, and, um, you know, the hard work is, is paying off. There's eight region champions every year in every class, and, and sometimes that doesn't always mean a whole lot. In Region 2 AA, if you're the champion, it means you are a really good football team that fought through a gauntlet. What does it mean to your kids to have won this region where there are five teams that all could have done it? I'm going to be honest with you. We don't really hype hype it up, Jake. Uh, I try to keep them as level-headed as I can um, and just focus in on the day, focus in on our opponent each week. And I have so many young players starting for me, I don't know if they really realize what they have accomplished, if you want to know the truth. The seniors do because mm-hmm. they've kind of seen the, the bad and the good, mm-hmm. and they really – they really loving this. But the younger kids, my ninth and tenth graders, you know, they won at the middle school level, they won at the recreation level, and they expect to win on Friday nights, which is fantastic for me because that's what we're trying to get. And, you know, they're not used to losing. And that's been a pleasure. That's been a pleasure. Um, and yes, it was a battle in our region. We got, you know, Jeff Davis is a good team. And they got left home last year. We had a pretty good team, and we got left home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just the way it is. And we know we got Scriven County tonight, which is a number four seed. But they're a dang good number four seed. Yeah, um, They're big, they're physical, they're fast. They got an incredible tailback. Um, they're a solid, solid football team. And we've got our hands full tonight um, to win. And, and the kids want to win the first playoff game ever since this new school was built here. They've never they've never hosted a playoff game until tonight, and they've never won a playoff game here at the new school um, since 2003. So there'll be a first tonight if we can get it done, and and we've worked toward that end. So hopefully we'll get it done tonight. We talked the last time we talked we talked about your offense. You've put in kind of some tweaks and made made it a little new and new attack. But your defense has been just outstanding all year. You've given up. Uh, just over 20 points one time. That was beginning of the year against Islands. Defense allowing just under nine points a game. What has made them so good? Well, my defensive coordinator, Mitch Nobles, who has a tremendous amount of experience, um, him, Coach Flowers, Coach Woodcock, Coach James, we all, you know, our kids are prepared. Our kids are prepared and to the nth degree. And I think that is a big piece of the puzzle. And we have kids that don't mind hitting. We have kids that like to scrap. And we have kids that like to run to the football. And they're taking pride in it. And we're making it important. You know, when I came in here, I've always been a defensive-minded guy. I've always been a defensive coach. And that was number one. And my offensive coaches knew that. I said, look, my emphasis is going to be on defense. And and you're just going to have to try to make the best offensively what we got got (laughs) left. But we've got to stop people. You know, I think – they were giving up 29 or 30 points a game defensively over the last four or five years before I got here. And we improved that. We cut it in half last year. I think we were around 14 or 15 per game last year. And then this year, obviously, we 
we're doing even better than that. Um, and, and it's just kids buying in, buying in, Jake, to what we're teaching and preaching. And it's fun. It's fun. You know, my wife, I got home last night. She asked me every night, how was practice? I said, babe, we had a good practice. And she stopped me. She said, you've been doing this for a long time. She said, I've heard you say more times this year that you've had a good practice when you get home at night. And, and we have. You know, the kids are just, they're doing really well for us. No matter what happens tonight or down the road with us, this has been a, just the chemistry between my coaching staff and this group of kids, unlike any I've ever experienced in my years of coaching. No doubt it's been a special year in Metter. Region champs hosting Screven County tonight, the first home playoff game since 2003. Coach, thanks for the time. Good luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, so we're, we're getting ready to head on out here in, in a little while. The, the games mostly kick off around 730 around uh, Georgia and South Carolina. Lindsay, what game are you looking forward to seeing tonight? One of the ones I will actually be at um, MLK visiting Richmond Hill, MLK out of Metro Atlanta. Um, obviously, we haven't seen them this season ourselves, but uh, Richmond Hill, a fun team to watch. They've had a good year. I'm excited to see how they come out and perform. Yeah, that MLK team went 4-0 in um, non-region play. They're 7-3. and they're, they're a good football team. And uh, Richmond Hill in, in a different situation. Mm-hmm. Region champs for the first time in a long time, and um, Matt Lazat has that team playing well, but you know, are they going to be able to handle the moment of being being a region champ, being at home, and and playing a really good team from Metro Atlanta that feels they can come down here and win? I'm looking forward to that one as well. I've got um, I, I want to see how Jenkins and Benedictine respond. Mm-hmm. Both respond to last week Jenkins blowing out Benedictine to win the region title. Uh, the cadets are hosting Monroe out of Albany. Jenkins hosting a Daresville, the at-large team in Class AAA. How do these teams respond to success and failure? That that's what I'm interested to see tonight. Both teams should win handedly. Yeah. There's there's not a lot. I don't think either Monroe or Daresville are going to have a lot of what it takes to beat either one of them. But how do they handle it how do they handle being the better team do they go out make a statement early get the game over with you don't want to come out flat yeah that's certainly not uh the recipe for success at this point in the year so looking forward to seeing um jenkins and benedictine tonight obviously excited for our game of the week as well round two of calvary and christian I don't think that one will disappoint. Yeah, it's it's one of the best rivalries. That's the in, obvious choice in, in this <laughs> area, and now we get it with a playoff atmosphere. It's going to be a blast over there in Pooler tonight. So that game's going to lead the end zone. We'll have a ton of playoff action from all over Georgia, all over South Carolina tonight on the end zone. Lindsay's got going down to Darien for ECI at MCA, and she'll also have MLK at Richmond Hill. I'm staying in town. I'm getting Christian Calvary, uh, Benedict and Monroe, and Jenkins at Daresville, and we'll have uh, crews all over the state making sure that we both get... Both states. Yeah, both states, excuse me, making sure we get all the playoff action to you tonight on an all-postseason edition of The End Zone. Starts at 11.20 on The News at 11. Be sure to tune in. We'll have all the scores, all the updates you need to know. We'll also be looking ahead towards next week, the mm-hmm. second round, and the quarterfinals in South Carolina on the End Zone Extra on WTOC's digital platforms and on Facebook.
In the meantime, follow along on social media. We'll be posting scores, pictures on Instagram, the usual. So make sure you're following. Get your updates for whatever game you're not at. And we'll have that for you, too. It's going to be a ball tonight. Hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the high school football playoffs. They kick off tonight in Georgia. It's a great time of year. We'll see you tonight on the end zone.